Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name's Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 17 years, and we've just about seen it all. And as messed up as we are, we're ready to dive in and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. So we're going to talk about evangelization and catechesis today. I almost imagine like it's like ding, 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 round one, evangelization versus catechesis. I don't know who the stronger person is, um, but I'm rooting for evangelization myself. Yeah, we, we've, got, we've got a lot to dive into here. So yeah, one episode, one 20, 25 minute episode is not going to be enough. So uh, Matt, you have a dog, yes? Yeah, sure. Did you know that chocolate? My, my, I have a chocolate lab no well that's ish i I had a a white chocolate easter bunny just a couple weeks ago no but did you know that chocolate is poison to dogs i've i've always heard that but i had a dog who ate tons of it and never died and never got sick or anything really yeah okay well so i don't know that information to me is interesting right it's not vital Eh, it's interesting because i don't own a dog Mm -hmm. right you own a dog so that information might be like oh let's put the chocolate up somewhere It, Mm -hmm. it matters to you for me i don't really care yep you see as a kid my parents, they had dogs. They were dog people, uh-huh. right? We would even um, take the dogs out for walks. You know what I mean? Like every Sunday, we'd go and we'd take the dog out for a walk. We'd, we'd spend time with the dog and things like that. But as I got older, I started spending less and less time with the dog. Then I went off to college and I didn't spend any time with dogs anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it was really my parents' thing. Okay. And so now when people talk about dogs, I'm like, yeah, I'm not really a dog person. That was more my parents' thing. Okay. And so when someone talks to me about, oh, this is how you should care for a dog or this is what you should do to treat a dog and things like that, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting, but I'm not that person anymore. You know, I'm like not affiliated with a dog. Okay. Do you see where I'm going? No. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody does, Chris, but maybe there are other smarter people listening to this that I know, that there's... I know where you're going. I have no idea. There's many people out there <laughs> who, when they were young, their parents would take them to church. They were church people, right? And they would go and they would spend time at church every Sunday. And as they got older, they went to church less. And now when someone talks to them about church, they don't really care. Yeah. Now, if I'm over at your house and you introduce me to your dog, guess what would happen? You might just pet my dog. I would probably fall in love with that little mutt. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And there's a difference between you talking about your dog or someone talking about caring for dogs or what it means to be a dog person than there is about actually encountering a dog. Sure. You know, all, yeah. all fluffy and warm. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And, and I think that that analogy works well for what we're talking about today with evangelization and catechesis. I believe that evangelization creates the platform for catechesis to really matter. Yes. Like one of the analogies that I, 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 I use, and I don't mean for us to dive into analogies like crazy, but I mean, it's on the same sort of vein. Like you could learn about dogs, you know, all day long. Um, just like I talk about math, you know, my, one my kids learning math. I've never heard Matt talk about math before. <laughs> just <laughs> so I don't talk about math. Like I talk about what my kids love and what they love to do. One of my kids like just really like started to love math. Like, and he would say, Hey dad, what's this plus this plus that? Or what's this plus this plus that? And was having a lot of fun with it. And he's actually fallen in love with math and now he's eating it up, you know, and, and it's our job. It's our role, you know, obviously uh, along with God to get people to fall in love with Jesus and with his church in that same way so that they want to 
dive into the catechesis. They want to dive into the teachings. They want to dive into and learn more and more about Jesus and about his church. And it's like in my idea, like in my mind, it's so much easier because we're, our, our goal is for them to fall in love with a person, not a subject. You know, and so Amen. many people see it as a subject. Yeah. But then my question to you would be this. What are ways that we can foster that hunger? Your kid is hungry for math, right? How do we foster that hunger for Jesus so that the catechesis that takes place actually takes root? I found that what's commonly attempted is ransoming the sacraments, Mm. saying, if you want this sacrament, you have to come to these classes, and we're going to catechize you at these classes. But a lot of times that relationship with Jesus is absent. And so they're literally jumping through hoops to go ahead and receive some sort of a mark even if it's an indelible spiritual mark, like a confirmation, a mark in the similar way that they go to school in order to receive high marks. Yeah. The, uh, and like, it's so much, and maybe this is not fair, but it seems like it's easier to tell someone about someone rather than to help them like develop a relationship with someone, you know? And so like with regards to what's done at a lot of these classes, you know, is, They'll talk about Jesus a lot more than they will talk about their relationship with him and develop relationships with these people or with with the young people. Yeah. And when I don't own a dog, all I can do is talk about dogs. Yeah. You absolutely. know what I mean? And and that's, I think, as ministry leaders, the first part in this whole round one evangelization versus catechesis <laughs> is the essential part is that we have to have a living dynamic relationship with Jesus personal relationship with Jesus. Amen. And if we have a PhD in theology to go along with it, great. If not, that's great too. I think about uh, St. Joseph Cupertino, not the brightest guy, but he loved Jesus fiercely. You know what I mean? And so where do we fit in in regards to that whole process is we first must know him. I may be taking us down a a, a different rabbit hole here, but when you were just talking, what came to mind was this whole grace building upon nature. So would you consider my... Where, what, where in that circle would you consider my relationship with Jesus? Is my relationship with Jesus kind of nature that grace then builds upon? Or where does that fit in that whole... Now, I know I'm just throwing this right at you right now. Like, you hadn't even thought about this yet. But <clears throat> the idea of grace building upon nature, if, I right. have built, if I've got a PhD, but I don't have a relationship with Jesus, what is grace building on? Well, so that's a great point. But the thing is, is if you don't have a relationship with Jesus... That's unfortunate, but Jesus has a relationship with you, and that's that's part of who you are. That's part of your makeup as a human being. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so there's always there's always room for growth. There's no one that's cut off by any means. But yeah, it's almost it's almost like um, how do you go ahead and create a foundation that has the ability to receive yeah. the grace yeah. more effectively? I think one way to imagine it is a reservoir, right? So if your reservoir is only uh, one foot deep. You can only receive so much before it really kind of pours over. Mm-hmm. But if you have a deeper reservoir, then you're able to have that much more grace build on the nature of the reservoir. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just had the thought, I'm gonna actually gonna end up taking that to prayer because that, that's one that I, I'm gonna play with a little bit, just that a whole idea of grace building upon nature and, and how, do, how does our you know uh, education and relationship with Jesus play into all that? Because I am really interested in, uh, I guess, the complexity around some of that. One of the one of the thoughts that I've had around all of this is the the idea of like what do we do like how do we evangelize like one of the things that I wrestle with in the church is when you when we start to see that little spark 
you know, of them starting to get it will like almost dump the whole catechism on top of it. And it just like extinguishes that spark. You know, how do you, um, yeah, what's the, what's the best way, you know, to, to help ignite that spark and then keep going? I mean, the obvious is the answer is obvious. I mean, you have to know the person. I mean, you have to have a relationship, yeah, relationship. Them, you know, but I, mean, I, I think before we dive into that, I think we need to make a distinction between evangelization and mm-hmm. catechesis. Mm-hmm. Like what, how are they unique from each other? Um, because ultimately if, if it's, if we're going to throw around these terms, you know, if catechesis is simply just the sharing of the, 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 the what's of the faith, you know, okay, Jesus probably had a beard. You know what yeah. I mean? He was a Nazarene. Like that, that could be considered catechesis more than evangelization. Whereas Jesus created you or God created you with purpose and on purpose and has a plan for your life. That's also true. Those are truths, right? Um, but those would fall more under evangelization than they would catechesis, even though both are still sharing truths. One is more towards knowledge. The other is more towards an encounter. So evangelization is more focused towards an encounter where catechesis is, and I'm just spitballing, catechesis is more focused on sustaining and developing that encounter into a relationship, into a lifelong journey with Jesus. Yes. And what, I mean, what we're going to do in the, like one of our follow-up episodes is to dive a little bit deeper, you know, into the general directory for catechesis and different church documents to, to look at, you know, what does the church say these are? Because what the minister on the ground, the people we're talking to, the ministry leaders that we're talking to, what what the typical understanding of evangelization is and what's the typical understanding of what catechesis is, even if it may not be exactly what they say in the documents. And spoiler alert, the documents actually seem to contradict themselves in some areas. You know, the general director of the GDC versus what the uh, renewing the vision might say. Yeah. But again, a future episode. Yeah, we're going to dive into that later. But I would say the first statement you said, like most people would see evangelization as the charisma, yeah, the initial proclamation and people committing their lives to Christ, like real simple way to say it. Um, and then they would look at catechesis as the knowledge, like the head stuff, you know, the knowing about Jesus. And if you want to make it even simpler, evangelization is knowing Jesus and catechesis is knowing about Jesus. Now I'm not saying that's what it's supposed to be, but I'm saying that's the general idea of the minister on the ground. But you would, you would argue that, it could be generally understood that evangelization is the on-ramp to catechesis. Yes. That's okay. the way I think most people understand them to be. But if you look at what John Paul II talked about in regards to the new evangelization, he talked about that it was an evangelization more towards the baptized than the unbaptized, mm-hmm. right? Yep. More towards those in the church or who have been in the church but aren't fully practicing, um, fully alive in the church. And uh, that sense of evangelization would be new in the sense of its orientation. Yes. So wouldn't that just be recatechizing or have they, it seems like most of those people have already been catechized. They know about the faith, but many of them might not have known had a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And it's what my guess is like looking at it, what it looks like is we like the church because of how we're using the language has pulled catechesis. No, has pulled evangelization outside of catechesis because of the crisis we're in where we have a whole bunch of catechized people that aren't evangelized. So we're using the terms separately, but evangelization actually belongs in catechesis. We just have a whole bunch of people that weren't evangelized, but they were catechized. So how do you 
say that, you know, and the way we've, like the way it seems like the way we've chosen to say that is pulling a piece of catechesis out because that's the piece they're missing. Right. You know, yeah. so we're using two different words, but one of them is actually consumed or supposed to be in the other. And, and arguably they, they work together. Yeah. And any part, if we're just saying, Hey, come to know Jesus, come to know Jesus, come to know Jesus. Okay. They've, they've accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and savior. And then we move on without connecting him into a community, ongoing community for further growth, like yeah. catechesis, yep. then we've done a disservice. Yep. The flip side, which I think is all too common, is that we assume that that initial encounter has already taken place. Why? Because they go to Catholic school. Why? Because they sign up for their uh, faith formation classes. Why? Because they're showing up to church on Sunday. Right? Why? Because they have a graduate degree in theology. Right. Or even even if, uh, if you go to um, the clergy, why? Because nearly everyone the clergy interact with have some sort of a relationship with Christ in his church, yeah. even if it's as a worker for mm-hmm. Christ and, and coworkers in the vineyard and things like that talks about this. But, but the reality is, is assuming conversion across the board is, I think, what our mode of operation has been in the church for quite some time. And we've lost more than a generation. Yeah. Yeah. So like the ministry leader on the ground, like they're sitting in this room, they're listening to this. What is it that we're, we're saying about all this? Like, why do they need to hear this? What is this helping? How is this helping them? Well, I think it's important to look at almost the conversion process, right? And so in regards to, like, when I'm getting my semester ready, I look at all the people coming in and I, I create different levels. Okay, this level is going to be more outreach evangelization. Mm-hmm. And then on, on this other night or this other night, we're going to go a little bit deeper into discipleship formation. Yep. And so we talk about the person of Christ at the beginning of the fall semester for the first six sessions. Yep. And on the sixth one, fifth or sixth one, we actually have a prayer service where they're able to make a personal commitment to Christ. Yep. And it doesn't stop there because then the rest of the year, evangelization. <laughs> it shouldn't be a tongue twister. Um, evangelization is intermingled into some of the initial catechesis that we do. Mm-hmm. And so we're not talking about the magisterium or how a pope is elected. Yeah. Until we've already talked about some of the initial tenets of what it means to be a child of God, yep. how to pray, how to respond. And, and so there's, there's an order or, um, or even a priority in regards to how we share the information and, and what information we share. Yeah. And that, like, and that's, that's what I get from, you know, the different church documents is evangelization is the priority. Like even out of the eight components in, you know, the renewing the vision evangelization, like even though they don't say so it's, it's primary. I mean, that is the primary, um, goal of the church, you know, is, is evangelization. So then we take a step back and we look at some of the, what I would call the kumbaya catechesis of the 1970s where they took the catechetical content completely out. Uh-huh. And it was just sitting in these circles, swaying back and forth, talking about, hey, let's try and feel the warmth of God's love. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Now, some people would argue that that was focused exclusively on evangelization and a relationship with Jesus. The aim of catechesis is both um, understanding, but also conversion. Yes. And evangelization seeks to put in relationship with and convert to uh, to a deeper relationship with Christ. And so it's not... It's not like catechesis all of a sudden. It's like, oh, if you grow closer to Christ, that's evangelization. Actually, they both seek intimacy with the Lord. Yep. Um, 
But the the Kumbaya catechesis of the 1970s was very light, Mm -hmm. (laughs) very light (laughs) catechetically. Yes. And this is what we've inherited. And so we see that, like you said, that was the piece that was missing. And so then all of a sudden, the primary catechist of the parents can't give what they don't have. Yeah. I'm just naming the problem here, but they can't give what they don't have. And so what do they do? They look to outsources and they outsource it to... DREs to uh, to people at their church to priests and to you know different laity and uh, Catholic and schools. I mean, Catholic out- schools. Outsource it to they anybody. outsource it, and then the, the students or the teens or the children come home, and they they find themselves having received a message that can't take any root because of their family of origin. Yeah, and that's and that's a problem. But right now we have some programs out there that are extremely strong catechetically that can't take root because there's no foundation. Yeah. And I believe evangelization lays that foundation. But the biggest problem is, is these parents don't know how to share Christ. So we're going to share the church teaching with these kids. Yep. But they haven't encountered. Yeah. Well, and, and we're talking about like how how this applies to the ministry leader. The uh, I always like whenever I talk about my testimony and and how God you know uh, invited me you know into a life with Him. Chris actually plays a huge part in that. And it's funny because after I went through graduate school, I came back to Texas and I went back into youth ministry. I'd been in youth ministry for, I think it was six years at this time. And Chris and I met each other and we're, uh, we're walking over to grab lunch or something like that. And we're talking about it was ice cream. We were walking to grab ice cream. That's right. That's right. You remember everything. My memory is not that good. It's because I love you. <laughs> I love you too, Chris. Thanks, Matt. I just can't remember anything. Sure. Um, the uh, but one of the things Chris said, you know, we we were walking and we were talking about ministry, and and he said, uh, yeah, you know, it just it doesn't seem like they know the good news, and and I just like I nodded and smiled, and I was like, yeah, yeah, and we just kept walking. I didn't say a word. I had no idea what he was talking about. Right. I'd been in ministry for six years. I had gotten a graduate degree in theology. And I had no idea what the good news was. If someone asked me, Hey, what, what is the good news of the gospel? I would have had, I had no idea. You right. Know? And I don't think I was, I don't think I'm alone in ministry. I don't think I was alone, you know, in ministry. Like we, we alluded to and talked about earlier, whether it's priests, bishops, DREs, youth ministers, volunteers, all of us need to, need to be able to stand up and give an account for the gospel. And what and- is it? And that good news is another way of saying the kerygma. Yes. Kerygma means initial proclamation, unless we have that initial proclamation. And that is where, for for us as ministry leaders, we really need to look and say, do our students, do people that come before us, God puts in our, our, our life, do they know the initial proclamation? Have they encountered initially that this is a message for them? Yeah. So, um so let's take a minute. What yeah. is what is the kerygma? Go. Like the quickest, like 30 second one that I give, you know, is God created you for love, out of love, and to love, right? He created you perfectly to be in relationship with him. And we fell. We we disobeyed him. We ignored him. We broke that relationship. And we set a set a such a huge chasm between us and God that there's nothing that we could do to repair that. But he loved us so much that he was not going to leave us there. And in the fullness of time. When, when everything was perfect, when the timing and everything was right, he sent his son, you know, to, to die for us, to repair that bridge, to bring us back into relationship with him, that the, what we merited with original sin, which is death, like he took himself and he brought us back into an eternal life. And now it's our choice. We choose to accept him as our Lord. And we choose to walk across the bridge of his cross to him and accept him as our Lord. Good. 
So I would just change. Was that one- 30 seconds? No. I have no idea. That was like a minute and a half. I have no idea. <laughs> I have a beard now. Um, <laughs> no, but, but I would change one thing. And I think ministry leaders, this is, this is important. So listener, unless you're running or uh, driving, I want you just to close your eyes and listen. He, 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 Matt mentioned we, 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 us, us, us. When you share the kerygma, I think it really needs to be directed just at one specific person. So here's how I would share it. And again, I'll probably say 30 seconds, but it'll be a minute. Um, <laughs> God created you with purpose and on purpose. He has a plan for your life. Sin entered the picture and it separated you from God. But God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus, to go ahead and reconcile that, to create a way for us to receive that love from God the Father in heaven. And he went to heaven and he created a place in heaven for us. And he has a plan and a purpose for us here on earth to get you to heaven and to get others to heaven as well. Jesus Christ wants a personal relationship with you today and then yeah and then if they're open to it yeah would you like to pray with me and then you just pray with them um in a classroom it might be a little bit different over the course of a retreat it might be through a couple of different talks where you dive into these different things you know maybe during the reconciliation service you can really dial in on the uh sin separates us from god peace and talk about how there's a way to atone for that and there's that like there's a prayer that i've actually used quite often um, that is, was Pope Francis, you know, in a thousand ways, I have failed you, Lord. I, I call on you again. I accept you again as my Lord and Savior. And it's one of those things that he's like, like, it's one of those prayers you can pray every single day. Yeah. You know, this is like, as Catholics, we don't believe once saved, once saved, always saved. You know, we believe that we have been saved. We are, we are being saved and we will be saved, you know? And so every day, you know, we recommit ourselves to Christ. And that's, that's a really important part because I think it creates, uh, accessibility for everyone. So if you're in a room of a hundred people and half the room has already uh, established a personal relationship with Jesus, you don't want them to feel like they're on the sidelines during. Yeah. absolutely. And the, and the gospel message is something I need to hear every day. Every day. It's something you need to hear every day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to your dog analogy because there's, what you were saying earlier is like, you can't, you can tell people about dogs, but you can't tell them about what that dog means to you if you don't have a dog. Right. You know, and, and the experiences you have with that dog, you know, and I, the dog analogy, like only goes so far. Right. But like the same sort of thing goes with regards to your relationship with Jesus. You know, the, how you evangelize is you share your relationship with Jesus. You know, people want to get to know a person that you love. They want to, they want to get to know a person who, it has an impact in your life. And the only way for you to share that with him is just for them, for you to share your relationship with Jesus. And the way that I've like, I've taken this recently is this whole idea is like, like our relationship with Jesus is our prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, like a regular daily prayer life, I'm not talking about just going to mass on Sunday, right? A regular daily prayer life. You do not have a relationship with Jesus, not a very strong one. And so if you're going to try to tell someone about Jesus and how impactful he is in your life, you actually have nothing to share. Yeah, you're, you're a Pharisee at that point. But it's important to note that Jesus always has a relationship with you. Yeah. So if you're out there and you're struggling with your prayer life, Jesus still seeks you. He hungers for you. He pines for you, you know. The other piece of it is, is if your prayer life, you're like, it's just hard. Yeah. Like, welcome to high school, freshman. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of work. Like, God is honored by those who struggle forward when prayer is hard. Mm-hmm. I think even more so than by those who are receiving spiritual consolation to where prayer is really easy. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? It's, it's the green beans versus the milkshake. Yep. 
both of which I ate yesterday. <laughs> nice. But the milkshake was a lot easier to consume than the green beans. And so sometimes I'm in a green beans time of my prayer life where it's hard to eat those vegetables, but you do it. Yeah. Uh, because it's good for you and it, it honors, you yeah. know. And you know you need to. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So um, kind of to wrap the wrap up this, this leg of it would be to kind of say evangelization can only be done by those who have a personal relationship with Jesus. Yep. Right. Because ultimately it's seeking to introduce them to someone you already know. A dog owner can only, you know, it, you got to be a dog owner. And then catechesis can be done uh, by anyone who has knowledge of the church or of Christ. Again, a relationship with Jesus isn't needed for knowledge, but it's done most effectively by those who have already been evangelized. Yeah. One of the things we'll, we'll dive into later is like, and we didn't talk about it this time because we didn't want to add in another idea, but um, almost the the idea that religious education can be done by almost anyone, right? Not catechesis, because catechesis, in its true sense, actually has evangelization within it. So, religious education is something that can be done by anybody that has knowledge of the faith. So, catechesis has evangelization within it. Yes. Or does evangelization have catechesis within it? Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Tune in next time. Though that is one of the things we're, that we're going to look at uh, is, yeah. is catechesis and evangelization. What is their relationship? What is the role? Yeah. And I think that's an important conversation to have. Absolutely. We'd love to hear your thoughts. How can they go ahead and share their thoughts with us? They can check us out on, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm completely blanking because I want them actually to email me. Don't check us out anywhere. I want them to email us. podcast at ablazeyouth.org. It's going to be in the show notes, so it'll be real easy. MLA? MLA Podcast. Oh, Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Hey, look at that. There we go. Hey. All right, MLA Podcast at ablazeyouth.org. Um, yeah, and check us out in the notes. Write us a re- review on iTunes, share this with another ministry leader, and subscribe to the podcast. You can support us on patreon.com slash MLA Podcast. Uh, this week, I want you to pray. Take time to pray for another ministry leader, especially one that might um, that might be struggling in their prayer life or might have uh, have absence in their prayer life. Yeah. Um, and remember, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. God bless. God bless.